Greetings and welcome. I'm your host, Keisha Way. And I wanted to take a moment to introduce our new podcast, Today Faith Taught Me. The goal of this podcast is to motivate, inspire, and encourage you with our inspirational messages. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. One in three will be metastatic breast cancer. I encourage you to do your self-exams, get your mammograms, and know your family history. So we are live on Facebook. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the last episode of Life Beyond the Chair, the Pink Series. I'm your host, Keisha Way, and tonight we have with us Miss Lucetria Collins-Smith. Welcome, 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 and thank you so much, Miss Smith, for being here with us on this evening. Um, I want to give you all a little bit of background of how we got started with this series. Again, I said my name is Keisha Way, and um, I was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer November 3rd of 2017. And throughout that time, I did 12 rounds of chemotherapy. I did three surgeries. I had several different types of allergic reactions and all sorts of things happened throughout that time. But I instantly knew when I walked inside of that treatment center to receive my treatment plan that I would return in order to help others. And in the midst of me returning to help others, there was a woman there that asked, why are you here? She was like, you're so young. You have no business being in here. Why are you here? And I explained to her that I was there so that I could show others that there was life beyond the chair. And that is how this series was birthed. But since it is the month of October, I decided why not do a pink series where we could highlight um, breast cancer awareness. We know throughout the month of October, everybody's wearing pink, everyone has their gloves on, and they are talking about breast cancer awareness. But I was able to tap into real live people that have experienced breast cancer on a daily basis within their lives. Our first episode, we were able to discuss with a warrior how she is currently fighting through the battle of stage four breast cancer. Then we were able to speak with a survivor, a 10-year survivor. So therefore, it shows us that there is survivorship inside of a diagnosis. Our last episode last week, we were able to speak with a thriver. And during that time, she told us how she was thriving through a stage four breast cancer diagnosis. And on tonight, we are speaking with a caregiver. Most of us do not think about a caregiver. They, they really think about the actual patient that is going through the diagnosis. But my God, when a diagnosis like this comes your way, the entire family goes through that diagnosis. I know um, when I went through it, my entire family went through it with me as well. When my father and my brother went through it, our entire family went through it. So to have um, Lukitra on here tonight to discuss her role as a caregiver, I'm so honored and pleasured that you decided to accept the invitation and share your story with us. 
So how are you doing on this Tuesday, the last Tuesday in the month of October? I am awesome. Thank you for inviting me to share my story as a caregiver. Um, this is something new for me. Mm -hmm. um, I usually don't speak about it unless I'm asked questions, but I am. I was honored to receive the invitation. So thank, well, you thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So I want you to go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you a little more. Um, as you stated, my name is Lakeetria Smith. I am from Warren County. I grew up in Camac, Georgia. I'm the daughter of Joe and Lucy Collins. I am married to Pastor Corey Smith. Um, we reside here in Stockbridge, Georgia. Um, we were blessed with two of the most precious gifts as we think they are from okay. God, um, Kendall Grace and Keaton Grayson. I am a graduate of the unsinkable Albany State University and Troy University. I am a business owner and planner of LAC events. I consider myself to be a wife, a mom, a boss, and a caregiver. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you so much for telling us about yourself. Um, I do understand that it was your mom that was diagnosed um, with breast cancer. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Like what stage was she diagnosed with? So my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer um, in September, 2003 at the age of 54. At that time, she received two surgical procedures. Um, and then in 2004 is when she um, received her first round of chemo. After that, in 2015 is when um, she was diagnosed with stage four um, cancer in which that is now bone cancer. Mm -hmm. So it actually moved, um, the breast cancer actually moved to her bones. Okay, so she is currently in the fight? She's currently in the fight. We have okay. been in this fight for 17 years. We're not giving up. My mom is 71 years old now. Um, so we've been in the fight for a long time. We've been, she's been in and out of remission. Um, and so we go in, fight, come out, fight, go back in, fighting. So we are fighting during this journey. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I can definitely relate to, you know, a family member having such a diagnosis. Cause like I said, you know, my brother also had cancer as well. And unfortunately, well, I, I don't want to say unfortunately, because he did receive the ultimate healing, but you know, when you have a family member that's near and dear to you that way, and you have to care for them, oh my God, you'll go, you know, above and beyond, but I definitely couldn't imagine it being a parent, you know, that, you know, that had, had to go through that for 17 years. But on the other side of that, she is still here continuing to fight. Mm -hmm. So that is the ultimate blessing. Yes, it is. Okay, so I wanna ask what age were you when she was originally diagnosed? I was 24 years old. Ooh. So yes, I was 24. So I say, um, we've been dealing with this my whole adult life. And my husband questioned me, he was like, your adult life? And I said, yes, because at that age, I was taking care of myself. Like I wasn't depending on mom and dad. So I, we've been fighting this battle. I was 24 years old and now I'm 41 and we're still fighting this battle. Um, she was diagnosed. Yeah, like I said, in 2003. So I was 24. Mm, so at, that was such an early age for you to have to become 
a caregiver. And I know you have other family members, but that is your mom. So definitely you're going to be, you know, hands on right there of the family. I definitely understand that. So what was your role as a caregiver? Did you move her in or did you move in with her? How did you partake in caregiving? Eventually I moved back home. Um, But now my mom is currently living with us. So eventually I moved back home after um, being diagnosed. Um, She, you know, went back and forth to the doctors as she do now. Um, She's still receiving care in Augusta. And so we go back and forth to the doctor because that's, she's comfortable with her care that she's receiving there. And so we're not going to change anything about that. So we just travel back and forth for those appointments, those scans and things like that. But yes, she's currently living here with me. She do go back for, go back and forth home. She stays there, but my dad seems to tell me that I get her more involved. She's more active with me versus being home. And so whatever it is to keep her spirit lifted, that's what we do. And so I keep her here. I keep her busy. We're going somewhere. We're doing something to make her happy. Uh, we just like to go anyway, but it just, it, 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 it uplifts her spirit. Gotcha. And I'm sure that the kids get to enjoy the fact that grandma's in the house. Exactly. They don't like when she leaves. They don't like mm-hmm. her to go for doctor's appointments. They want to know when she's coming back, how long she's going to be gone. She has to explain everything because they are used to her. Um, she first, her cancer, she had cancer before. And then in 2013, when I first got pregnant with Kendall, her cancer came back. I was three months. And so it came back. So my kids, only know my mom and then 2015 when she was diagnosed with stage four I was pregnant with Keaton so I was like wait a minute God come on we got to work this out because I need my mama here to see my babies (laughs) but he definitely worked it out you know it's like you were giving birth to something new and although this was over here happening it showed you you know, this, you know, like my grandma would always say six in one hand and half a dozen in the other. God yes. was still the same God in both situations. Yes, he was. He's yes, the he same was. God in both situations. So as a caregiver, I understand the person that you're caring for can become a little mean at times. Mm-hmm. I was that person, unfortunately, and I had to do some apologizing because, you know, when you're sick and you're going through things, you know, you get angry at times and not to take it out on that caregiver. But, you know, sometimes you take it out on the person that is closest to you. So I want to know, did you experience that? And if so, how did you handle it? No, never experienced that. My mom has never been mean. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a fighter. Um, She have her times when, you know, I would think as if anybody that hears bad things, you know, everything is going okay. The next, the, you know, the next time is something else. So she had her, she have and had her moments where she kind of gets depressed and, you know, say, you know, I'm just tired or stuff like that. That's very far as well to say, I'm just tired. Um, she's tired of getting bad reports. So at those times when I encourage her the best that I know how, I let her know, listen, God is the same God. He's been doing this all this time. He did it one time. He surely will do it again. So we're not giving up. We're going to continue to fight. And she'll tell you, oh, no, I'm not giving up. I'm going to continue to fight. So I've never had to deal with her being mean at all. She's just Mm -hmm. not that type of person. She's not. 
Gotcha. Understood. Understood. So having children and a husband, how has your role as a wife and mother contributed to, you know, being a caregiver? So I am so grateful for the man that God blessed me with. He steps up. My husband steps up. He understands. He never, you know, have an attitude about anything. He never say why you always have to. He say you go. I got everything here. So with having that type of support, it makes it easy. But as a mom, you know, I, I'm like, um, by the time I get back home from Augusta, it's going to be late. The kids might be asleep or they might be in bed. But he he's that guy. He, he steps up. He do what he's supposed to do for his kids. I don't have to ask. I just say, well, you know, we have this appointment this day. He say, go. You know, whenever you get back, just be safe. He calls, he checks, but he holds everything down. So I, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the support. I'm grateful to be able to support my mom during this journey. And I'm grateful for the support that I'm receiving at home to know that, you know, he, he doesn't have a problem with me doing what I do. He, he doesn't question. He doesn't say anything. He and he's a caregiver for my mom himself, I would say, because he works from home. And so he's here with her. So he see her when she's having her bad days, when she's having good days, he's making sure she's getting whatever it is that she wants to eat. So he's a caregiver as well when I am not here. So I'm just truly grateful for that. That is Awesome, awesome, awesome. Because when you are, you know, as one, when you become married, you definitely want to be on the same page. And, you know, for him to welcome her into your home and to be willing to assist with taking care of her, that is like the ultimate goal for anyone that may have to experience anything in such this manner. So I know that you are extremely busy with being a caregiver, a mom, a wife, a boss. I want to know how do you stay organized with all of your different roles? So I rely on my planner a lot. I rely on the calendar in my phone. I try to go ahead and put things down, doctor's appointments, um, make sure that, you know, even if I don't make her scan, I make sure that I'm there for um, the results of the, of the scan, um, you know, trying to balance work, trying to balance events, the kids things, my husband's speaking engagements. So I have to rely on my planner or my phone. It, it has to be something to know that this day we got this, this time, this, and sometimes things coincide, but just gratefully it works out. And when it can't, when I can't work it out or I have to be here with the kids and I can't make it, I do have family member that steps up. All I have to do is call some of them and they'll step up and they'll go to the doctor's appointments. Um, my niece just went to an appointment on last Friday. I think it was, yeah, last Friday. And pretty much she FaceTimed me there so I could hear the results. I mean, they know me at the doctor's office. Um, I can call there. I could say who I am. I'm her daughter. And they'll tell me anything, you know, I need to know. But I rely on my planner a whole lot to just keep me, keep me on board with everything. Mm -hmm. I definitely can, can, um, um, say that I relied on a planner as well as my Google Calendar. It is color coded so that I could, you know, make sure everyone had a different color so we know what exactly what was going on. And, you know, if there were any bumps along the way, they knew, you know, who had to step up. So thank you for sharing that, that piece. Now, I want to ask what type of advice would you give to other caregivers? 
I would say support, support your loved one. No one wants to go to any appointments or just have any type of event, whether it's something small to someone, whatever it is that you're having, you always want someone there that you know to support you. And so support in some type of way, go to the doctor's appointments, listen, because sometimes when that bad news or that bad result comes out, the, the person that's actually going through at that point, they're not listening anymore, listening anymore. So you have to be listening. You have to be the listener. You have to be that mouthpiece for them. You have to let the people that's providing care know that they have someone that cares for them, that love them. And they're just not, you know, doing this by themselves. Stay encouraged, encourage them when things seem like it's not what it, it when it seems like that is it's no other way out. Stay encouraged because God is able. He's able to heal. He's able to, he's a way maker. He, he moves things when people can't. He's a miracle worker. God is able. So stay encouraged, encourage them, speak positive things in their life. Speak positive, even when they say negative things. You let them get it out. I had to learn that with my mom. I had to learn to just listen. Listen at what she has to say. Let her get all her negativity out and after she does and after she do when she clear herself then i come back and i say mama but it could be worse but it could be this but mama he done brought us too far mm -hmm. and he ain't gonna leave us now so that's what i try to do i try to encourage you gotta stay prayed up i try not to show my emotions you know as far as crying in front of her when we do go and we do hear bad things, I try to keep that to myself. I may get quiet and we may get in the car and we may say, well, you know, this, that, and we say, but God is still able. We still not giving up. We gonna fight to the end. And so you, you have to do that. You have to do that for them. You can't show them that you're so much worried, even though you're more worried because I'm, I'm a do I'm a child. So that's my mom. So at the, it, you know, it's, it's, it's to, for me, I want to, you know, when something's going on, like your child comes to you and they cry on mama's shoulder. I can't cry on mama's shoulder when mama's going through. I don't want mama to know that I'm worried, you know? So mm -hmm. I have to stay lifted. I have to encourage. We try to talk about something funny, um, mm -hmm. something, you know, just crazy. We just try to, I try to do the best that I can to keep her as motivated as I can. And then sometimes I say, I know you ain't finna give up on me, are you? And she'd be like, no, I'm not giving up. So that's our little thing. But just say, just encourage, encourage, speak positive things. Even though it may, it may be negative, it may be the worst, you know, report that you've received, but just speak positive into their lives because that's what they need. Most definitely. And, you know, no matter what the report is, we have to believe and rely on God's report. So, exactly. Yes. Because he's able. <laughs> Most definitely. At some point, you had to, consi to consider your own health. Knowing your mom's history, what was your approach to mammograms and self-exams? So at the age of 35, I started receiving mammograms. So I go get mammograms. So I have had scares myself. I'm now considered to be high risk. So I've had scares myself where I was actually having to go back um, every six months, but this last current year, I've, I'm, I've moved to annual now, so I have to stay up on that myself. Um, there were times when they thought, you know, having my own biopsies, looking at your chart, 
um, online. I've seen things that they thought, but God, but God at the end of the day. And so I stay up on that um, myself because, you know, because of my mom and, you know, them thinking that it may hered be hereditary, but I believe, and I've asked God and I've prayed that it's not. So the book stops at her, but if, if it's in his will that, you know, I, you know, get breast cancer, I ask that it stop at me and I don't pass it down to my daughter. So that's, that's how I do. I, I take care of myself that way. Okay. So what would you say to that, that woman that is not sure if she should go out and get her mammograms or she's not doing her self exams? What would you say to her in this moment for her to know that it's how important it is to have those things done? It's so important. It's so important. Early detection is so important. I remember when my mom first got diagnosed and they told her because she came early, that helped a lot. Um, instead of waiting later, because, you know, getting your lip north, it, it moves. It moves really fast. It has a mind of its own. So it may be scary when you go. I'm scared every time I go. I had to move my appointments from going around Christmas because around Christmas time, it, it's, it's hectic. So it doesn't matter how scared you are, just go, go get the, go get it done. It's not going to take that long. You may see it that they may call you back for ultrasound if they think that they see something, but no, God is able. He's a healer. And if he, even if it happens to you, it doesn't mean death all the time. Everything exactly. doesn't have a death sentence. Exactly. Everything does not. God is still able. He's still a healer. And so whatever he brings you through, he will definitely see you through if you pray and you ask him. Most definitely. So ladies and gentlemen, because men can get breast cancer as well. You know that the, well, you may not know because you may not have had this done before, but the procedure is very minimal. It takes no time to go in and have it done. It's like going through the drive-thru to be curt with you. It's pretty much like going through the drive-thru. You stop at the window, place your order, and then you go to the front and you pay for it. It takes just that long to have this mammogram done. And the self-care, each time you get in the shower, you can go ahead and check. Most people say they check once a month, but if you've experienced it or had something like this in your family, I would say check as often as you can. I would definitely say that. So we're almost at the end and I wanna ask you, how do you live your life beyond the chair? I know that you all are going back and forth to doctor's appointments and whatnot, but still, Lukitria has a life outside of that doctor's office. So tell us about how you live your life beyond the chair. So Lukitria loves traveling. Lukitria loves events. <laughs> I love to go somewhere. I love being invited to go places. So um, I travel. Um, I love doing events. Um, my business that I opened, I've opened it because it's my hobby. It takes me to my happy place. Um, when I'm doing events, when I'm planning for events, I have not a care in the world. It's just, it's me and the create the creativity that God has given me. It, I'm excited. I, that's my, that's my life beyond the chair. I'm just happy when I'm doing events. I'm happy when I'm going places You know, I like to keep myself up. So I try to do that, um, have my spa days and those type of things. So, but for me, 
my mom goes and she goes with me. She do my events with me. She do, you know, when we're out somewhere, she's there. So life beyond the chair for me is, is I don't even know if it's life beyond the chair for me because we're constantly, you know, You're constantly in the mix. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I do want to ask about your business. Um, I know that it was birthed in the midst of all this because you said this happened 17 years ago. Um, yes. You've already told us about your business, but what role does your mom play in your business? Well, tell us the name of the business so everybody will know, but tell us what role she plays in this business. My business is LS Events. My mom's my mom helps with all of my events. All of them she helps go. She helped me set up. She helps me prepare her thing is we, she's a napkin girl. So if there's something new, <laughs> a new type of style that I want done for the napkins, I show her and I, you know, allow her to do that. She's the free napkin girl while we're sitting at home. Um, but she goes for all the events. She's excited to go. Um, it gets her out. It gets her out of the room, not thinking about her situation. She's constantly moving. She's constantly busy. She's constantly on the go with me. So when I move, she pretty she much moves. moves. I yeah. got it. Now I got to experience a little bit of the back end of you doing events when you were doing the wedding back in, I think it was 2018. Oh yeah, I was impressed. Okay. I you know, every single moving part. I know you're probably like, why is she asking all these questions? But, you know, as a creative, I like to see the back end of stuff and then to be able to see it, you know, come full bloom. So you do an awesome job at events. Thank you so much. Um, and of course, the food. Cause your mom does food, right? Yeah. So. so my mom, so my mom has been catering for years. So we've always been, you know, rendering some some type of service. But you know, lately, um, she's not able to do like a lot of lifting. And my daddy kind of told her, you know, you gonna have to stop some of that catering that you're doing. But she still will do it if that's what she wants to do. Um, so of we've course. always been providing some type of service. So now we kind of cater more to my events than her um doing you know catering but she does do small things yeah. gotcha all right so i want to let you have an opportunity to tell people where to find you um on facebook your website instagram and so they'll know they can get a service from ls events exactly contact ls events for all your decor your planning needs we do it all we would love to hear from you um you can contact me um on Facebook at LS Events. My website is lsmithevents.com. And I am on Instagram at lsmithevents as well. We would love to have you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard from Lukitria Smith on this evening. She is a caregiver. She is a wife. She is a mom. She is a boss. And she joined us for the final series of Life Beyond the Chair, the Pink series. And I'm just excited that she was able to wrap it up with us talking about being a caregiver for her mom, who has been going through for over 17 years. But we are excited that Miss Bunny is still here with us and she is able to enjoy her grandbabies. She's able to assist with making sure that your next event will be fabulous because you're going to definitely um, follow LS events and ask them about um, your next event. So I want to let everyone know to join us on YouTube as well, because we're going to have all of the episodes there. So make sure that you um, follow us at Journey 
with Keisha so that you can find the episodes there as well. Again, I'm your host, Keisha Way, your servant leader by design, and I serve as the bridge to your transformation. I'm also the um, founder of Journey to Healthy Healing, where we take you from feeling hopeless to full of faith, hope, and courage. And we just want to say thank you for joining us for this series. It's been exciting to join you every Tuesday night within the month of October to bring awareness to breast cancer. And my guest, I'm truly honored that you decided to accept our invitation. So if you'll hold on for just one second, we're going to go ahead and close it out right here, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you next time. The idea for Life Beyond the Chair was brought about as I was volunteering in the very same treatment center where I received 12 rounds of chemotherapy over a five month period. In November of 2017, I was diagnosed with stage 4B colon cancer. As I toured the facility to receive my treatment plan, I instantly knew I would return to give back as a testament to show others there is life beyond the chair. Out of that, I decided to turn this into a series to share the stories of others and how they currently live their lives beyond the chair. Thank you for joining us for this series, Life Beyond the Chair.